This is episode 20 with former Navy SEAL John McGuire. This episode of Success Secrets is brought to you by SuccessWorks. Tell your story, share your passion, and serve the world. A digital agency that helps you with branding, websites, video, and so much more to be able to connect to your customers thousands at a time. Hey everybody, Nat Fam here, speaker, author, and marketing and business strategist. This is Success Secrets, where every week we bring on a guest that is phenomenal in their industry and gives you insights on how they are successful. Welcome back, everybody, to Success Secrets, and I have such an intriguing interview for you today. Former U.S. Navy SEAL and owner of SEAL Team Physical Training, John McGuire. He really lives the principles of teamwork and leadership and has such an inspiring story, uh, not just the ones from the Navy SEALs, but really a traumatic injury that uh, almost uh, took him out and fought through it and now speaks to audiences all over the world and organizations to help them better lead and also uh, have better teamwork. Uh, he's been seen on all sorts of news channels from CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, Fox, and much more. He really captivated a lot of audiences as well as myself on this interview. So uh, what you're going to be learning and he's going to be sharing with you in this one is really the value of opportunity and personal fulfillment, uh, the importance of balancing individual and community needs for success, how to grow and develop from feedback and uh, uh, really one cool thing was you know how he actually uses uh, PR and nurtures PR uh, something you'll be surprised at and then his E1H formula for success really simple simple but really practical so you're going to want to make sure you tune in at the end for that so Let's go ahead and get up close and personal with John McGuire. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Success Secrets, and I'm excited today to have a Navy SEAL with me and from uh, the SEAL team, John McGuire. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. So uh, for folks who don't know who you are, uh, give a little bit of background of, of who you are and how how and why you started the SEAL team? So, uh, well, my name is John McGuire. I served our country 10 years as a Navy SEAL, and I think I served just about everywhere except Africa and Australia. I'd sure like to visit those two places. Yeah. Uh, after 10 years as a Navy steel, uh, SEAL, I started SEAL Team PT. The PT stands for physical training, not part-time. <laughs> and, and the mission is to help uh, teams and individuals reach their full potential. We want to help people believe in themselves. We want to help people become stronger, healthier, and more confident. So we work with uh, five-year-olds, I guess the oldest guy is 84-year-old, and inner-city kids, and we just help people get stronger. So what was the impetus, you know, coming out of the SEAL? I know we're, we're actually right here, if you're watching on video in this uh, episode, or if you're listening, uh, check it out on video. We're, we're behind the, uh, or in front of the, the Virginia War Memorial, just a, a spectacular space, and, and probably brings uh, a lot of memories and thoughts for you. Sacred well. place. Yeah. Uh, so what was your the mindset and why did you decide, hey, I'm, I'm coming out of the SEAL and I can do anything. Uh, why start this physical training uh, service? Okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's try to make you laugh a little bit. So I needed to pay the bills. 
Okay. Uh, that might be one p small part of it. Another thing is I was a sniper instructor in SEAL Team. Mm. And I wanted to get a job with the HRT in Quantico, hostage rescue team, FBI, or maybe uh, one of the other SWAT team, sniper teams I've been working with. But to, in order to do so, I had to finish a four-year degree. So how do you pay for college? I needed a job. So I got a job with a temp agency. And in that temp agency, I noticed that my boss was out of shape. He wouldn't look me in the eye, so he lacked fitness, he lacked confidence, and he would give me a task to do all day. I would finish that task at 11 o'clock, and then I would ask, what do I do now? And he had nothing for me. So he lacked leadership, he lacked fitness, and he lacked confidence. And I said, hey, I can fix that. And so I started SEAL Team PT, and the idea was SEAL Team PT would help people become stronger, healthier, more confident, and maybe get through school, and then go to uh, one of those sniper teams or something. But what I started to realize is I was changing lives. I was actually, I felt like I was serving again. It fulfilled that thing inside me to help others. And I got to put my children on the bus. Now, how many fathers get to go do a workout with about 200 people, 545, finish up at 645, race home, get your kid on the bus every day? That helped me make up for a lot of uh, lost time with all my yeah. deployments. You know, one deployment, um, I came back and I wanted to hug my daughter after 11 months being gone, and she ran and hid and that's pretty tough for any parent. Yeah. Think about the men and women today, they do more in a year than I did in 10 years. So SEAL Team PT has allowed me to put my kids on the bus every day and at the same time, it's uh, enriched my life and it's enriched others and that we, not me, but we are helping others. You think that time and service uh, helped you with creating a business or did that uh, not give you uh, enough uh, training for the business side? Well, you know, the one thing about being a SEAL is you have to be a critical thinker. And uh, if you're not a leader, you will not be a SEAL. And I, you know, I knew about physical fitness. I was actually pretty good at shooting a rifle, and I thought about a shooting business. But after seeing what happened in Columbine and all that, I said, let's stick with physical fitness. Because in a business, all leaders need to recognize or remember that it's not your equipment. You have the latest software, the latest vehicles, but who's behind that software? Who's behind that computer? Who's behind that vehicle? So really, SEAL Team PT is ingenious and that it focuses on the most important asset of any company. And that's the individuals and the people and getting them to work together. So with that in mind, uh, how did you translate your training to the business side? I, you know, I definitely can understand how you'd be a great trainer and everything like that. How do you develop the business side and market and do all those things? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, guess, I guess what you would say is that I made some good decisions, I made some bad decisions. Our first class had five people and no one came back. Oh, goodness. Somebody said I needed to work on my people skills. But you know what I started to do is uh, I started to survey. What did you like? What did you not like? What did you like? What did you not like? And it slowly began to build. And again, not me. It's surround yourself with people smarter than you. You've heard that. We started to build this, you know, perfect the model. Now we're in seven cities and we're the largest in the world at what we do. And so uh, trial and error, getting feedback, you know, you can't approach it as if I have all the answers. It doesn't work that way in the SEALs. It doesn't work that way as a father, and it doesn't work that way in business. So, we're, you know, you mentioned that, you know, it's, it's just not a smooth ride. You, you know, a lot of people see folks' success 5, 10, 15 years down the line, and they said, oh, it was always easy for you. Uh, what are those challenges, and, and how do you overcome them? Well, it's interesting you say that, because sometimes people don't know the history. So, we, have, we will celebrate 19 years in September. Oh, and wow. people say, oh, you're a Navy SEAL. It must have been easy. But what they don't know is my first Christmas with children, I grossed $300. But I was never late on my rent. And what I would do is I would shovel snow, 
I would get paid by the amount of snow that I shoveled. And of course, I'm in shape, so I'm making more money than the people around me. And I would shovel snow till four or five in the morning. I'd run, do push-ups with my small, new business, and then run back and shovel snow. Or I would mow, yard, uh, mow uh, lawns or trim bushes. And eventually, by the end of one year, the only thing I was doing was SEAL Team PT. But it took, you know, it took a lot of hours and a lot of work and a lot of trial and error. Yeah, that sounds like you know as much physical as it is, or as much mental as it is physical. Is is what you're doing as much mental training, and how important is that as translated to other business owners or entrepreneurs who might be watching? Well, essentially, you say that I think just about everything. You know, typically in Navy SEAL training, you start with 200 guys, 20 graduate, and we always say 100%. one one class graduated zero, and it's because we have a set of standards. Nothing personal. You either meet the standards or you don't. Um, but uh, I, you know, it works. You know, it, the mental side of it was just don't give up. You know, there it's not what you look like; it's what you fight like. And I've seen many people start businesses over the last 19 years, and they didn't last long. And what you got to remember is stay with it. If you fall down, get back up. Ask questions and constantly work on improving your model, and you can get some results that way. How did you transfer the standards that you had uh, and, and the seals to your business? Is it? Is there any one-to-one -one ratio that you can move over and, and that other business owners can uh, glean from? Well, one is there's no substitute for hard work. And it's all about the team. You know, you're not alone on this planet, and we're not alone on my team. If we work together, we can move mountains. One thing on a team is you cannot have a team if you don't know your team. It's about relationships. If you work for me and you know I care about you, you'll run through a brick wall for me. And I think a lot of people in corporate America miss that. Do you know your people or do you just tell them what to do? You've got to get in there and care about them. And if they know you care about them and you need them to stay after five, instead of being like, no, I got to go, they're going to find a way to stay after five because they believe in you and they know they care about you. So I learned that in the SEAL teams. It's about the team. You got to care about your people and you got to set a good example. You know, if you're going home at two every day and they're there until five, I don't know. You know, I see a lot of uh, other business owners, though, they, they, they are kind of the first in and last out, but haven't been able to translate that over uh, as far as their culture to the rest of the team. What is it about, unique about you or, or uh, the SEAL training uh, that you've had that's been able to transfer that culture over? Well, you have to build a culture. You know, is it a winning culture? Is it a mediocre culture? You know, my company helps uh, corporate teams and athletic teams become champions. And I'll give you evidence of that. In the last six years, we've been a small part of 14 Division I championships. We had one coach call us in D.C. and said, we haven't won a championship in 40 years. Can you help? And so I'm not a football coach. I'm not a baseball coach. But what I do understand is building chemistry in a team. And if you have a team and you have people on the team that think they're smarter than the rest of the team, better than the rest of the team, then that's a perfect recipe for perfect formula for a mediocre team. Mm. If you want to be a great team, then you have to put your differences aside. I don't care if you're black or white or pink or blue. If you saved my life, you're, you're a brother, you're a family. And I think the diversity of our country is what makes our country one of the smallest countries in the world, but we lead the world in art and technology. Same thing on a corporate team, same thing on a football team. Sometimes I go work with a football team and they'll have a guy from this neighborhood with a lot of money and this kid from this neighborhood who doesn't have a lot of money or maybe they're a different race. And if you think about what separates you, that's what people that are mediocre do. But if you think about what brings you together, that's what champions do. And that's kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life is bring people together. 
What are two or three keys uh, in bringing those people together in those corporate sessions that you do so that, you know, if they're a small business owner and maybe don't have the opportunity to, you know, fly you out have for, you know, around the world or around the country, uh, to be able to start getting that team chemistry together or that culture together to get them to the next level? Well, I do corporate team building. So yeah. if somebody wants to fly me out to California, <laughs> last year we trained teams in Rome, Malaysia, Argentina, all over the United States. Yeah. So I do fly and do that sort of thing. But what can they do? They, they need to do drills where they, they get to know each other. You know, in the military we say if it's stupid and it works, it's not stupid. So sometimes people might consider it awkward. But they let things that are awkward, embarrassing, or uncomfortable cause their team to be mediocre. But some people say they want to win, and some people mean it. And I say, which one are you? Because if you really want to win, you're going to do what it takes to win. So what could they do? One is they could set people in the conference room and have everybody to their left do a bio on the guy next to them. And then the next day, what you're going to find out is you have a new respect for the person next to you. Because all of us have a story. All of us know something that the guy next to us doesn't know. And if we realize that, we begin to appreciate each other. And if you appreciate each other, things start to move that you couldn't get to move before, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, so it's, uh, I think appreciation is a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I try to do, yeah, I, I need to do more, but try to extend those little small things to, you know, give those pat on the backs and let them know, hey, we need you, we appreciate you, and, and uh, we can't do it without you. It can't be contrived, it's gotta be yeah. genuine. Yeah. People know when you're genuine. Yeah. But if you genuinely care about your people and you appreciate them, they know. And you know, I do things like uh, team dinners, paintball, we go to movies. You know, if you can do that, you know, there are many different ways to show appreciation. We bring the guys together and you high five them. And people are part of the team. And I've had people turn down bigger paying offers around the country because they enjoyed our team so much. That's pretty cool. Now, you say that and you do definitely appreciate a lot of people because we had a, some weather challenges, so we switched it over to the War Memorial and uh, everybody knew and it, you did it within like half an hour or 45 minutes and it seems like you've been able to build those relationships. How does a business owner um, translate that to key people, whether it's in, in their town or especially for you, a lot of folks are trying to figure out you know, the whole um, uh, marketing and PR things. How have have been able to build relationships that amplify your message? Well, I think that your reputation is everything. You know, just be a good guy and be consistent. You're going to make mistakes. If I make a mistake, I'm going to call you up and say, I really apologize. I'm going to do better next time. You know, and you'd probably appreciate that. But also I have a team, and my team helps me with those relationships because you can't do it alone. And we do have a large network of people in multiple cities. And so you empower your people and step back and let them do great things. And oftentimes they're doing a better job than you. So how, how did you uh, train those folks to be able to execute what you do? Because, you know, uh, SEAL, being part of SEAL is that you're a very you know, elite level. I mean, you know, it's less than probably 1% of the world that can do what you do. How do you transfer that elite ability to others? Well, one is you have to be humble. You know, being a SEAL is uh, great and all that, and my brothers do the most amazing things, but there are men and women that were never SEALs that do great things. So you have to be very humble. And being a successful business owner and being a warrior and being an athlete, you have to be humble. So um, maybe I was really good at some of the things I did as a SEAL, but there were certainly SEALs better than me. But I'm 
you know a lot of things about business I don't know. So being a SEAL doesn't mean you're going to be a great businessman. But being able to listen to great businessmen, that's probably the key. Being able to listen and also be able to identify, don't let your ego get in the way of a good decision. Now, with that in mind, you know, a lot of what you do is, um, uh, you know, back in your SEAL training, uh, you were small and seemed to be really big. And I think a lot of um, the tactics of, of, you know, if you're big, you want to look small, and you're small, you want to look big. How can um, a entrepreneur or business, a smaller business in particular, take that approach to uh, help them? So, um, I guess uh, we had 200 guys in my SEAL class and 19 graduated. And I don't know if it's really true or not. So I was somewhere around the top four or five in points, but there were certainly guys way stronger than me, but I was clearly the smallest guy. But again, it's not what you look like, it's what you fight like. But I think you need to be comfortable in your own skin. If you're comfortable in your own skin and you do your work, and you, then you, have, you carry that confidence with you. And if you carry that, just be confident, whether your business is small, whether your business is big, just be confident and believe in what you do. Nothing beats passion, and I can tell if you believe in your product or not. And if you're in sales and you believe in your product, you're going to have more sales. Fantastic. Um, is there uh, any key things uh, in your business, uh, maybe two or three key things that uh, has helped you made, uh, has helped make you successful that maybe somebody can um, transfer over to their business? So two things. I have a formula. It's uh, E1H, and the E uh, stands for it takes everyone to win. So whether you're the janitor or the CEO, everyone should be, feel like they're a part of a family. I think the word family, team, and trust should all be the same word. Because you can't have a family without trust. You can't have a team without trust. So E1H, the East, it takes everyone to win. And if that's all you get of this formula, that's more than a lot of teams I've noticed. Then it takes one person to make a difference. Now one person can mess something up and one person can save the day. So one person can make a difference. And then H is if somebody gets confused, help them out. So E1H. All of us make mistakes. When I'm training new leaders, I tell them on day one, if you don't make mistakes, I'm gonna be shocked. Mm. But what I'm looking for is how do you handle that mistake? Do you handle that mistake in a way that makes the situation worse? Or do you handle that mistake in a way that makes it better? Because a good leader makes decisions to make a situation better, not worse. That makes sense to you. So E1H would be a successful thing if you think about that for a yeah. while. And then also you got to be positive. You know, if I come in and I go, gosh, we're going to have a terrible year. Mm. That's not exactly the way to get your team to get the most. Uh, so one thing we say in SEAL team is hoo-yah. Now hoo-yah can be sarcastic, hoo-yah. Yeah. Or it can be happy, hoo-yah. But it just reminds us the word alone should remind you to always keep it positive. Because no matter how bad you think you have it, it could always be worse. And I gotta tell you one thing in business that's different than the military is when you make a bad mistake, generally, people aren't dying. And so in that regard, when people tell me you're having a bad day, it may be bad, but it's not that bad. So you mentioned that, you know, having those bad days and staying positive, you, you went through some uh, major challenge, a major injury, uh, a lot of folks don't know about, but uh, you know, how did you handle that? And how did you stay positive during the, all that, that time where you, you, you know, because part of who you are is the physicality of who you are. Right. right. I, well, really, it's about choice. And if you want to be tough, you got to do tough stuff. And sometimes we have to do tough stuff we don't want to. But in October 2006, I was doing a backflip on the trampoline with my son. I landed on my neck. I broke C4 in my neck. The bone stabbed my spinal cord, completely paralyzed. 
I get to the hospital. Uh, the surgeon told my wife, Tracy, Mr. McGuire will not make it through the night. I wanted to punch him, but I couldn't move. They put a pen in my hand, squeezed it, signed away my house and my business. And I'm in ICU, and I know people were dying because I said, what, why was that woman screaming? They're like, she just died next to you. ICU, intensive care unit, it's a pretty rough place where people come in. So that's where I was. Um, I am a Christian and I felt the power of my faith because even though I couldn't move, I've never felt stronger. And um, I never had a doubt I'd be okay. Now I did think two weeks from now I'd be stronger than everybody, and then another two weeks, and then another two weeks, so I still have a weak right arm and weak right leg. But it took me about a year to walk somewhat normal, although people mm -hmm. catch the lamp. It took me three years to turn ignition in my car. Now, before my injury, I did 21 finger pull-ups like this. Oh my gosh! And I never, you know, never seen anybody do more push-ups than me. I know they're out there. I just haven't seen it. But I, <laughs> I've got some photographs. People think are Photoshop of me doing some athletic things. But uh, very humbling because I defined myself as a physical leader, and I had to develop a word empathy and be a different type of leader. And uh, so I think really being positive in my faith. We had 850 visitors in the hospital. Not recommending it, but if you ever get hurt, lots of visitors helps because yeah. you don't have time to think about what you're going through. Yeah, maybe it was a little too much, but uh, I think my faith and keeping it positive got me through it. Uh, with that, uh, how much did you think your your DNA was part of you fighting through that, or versus your SEAL training, or was it a combination? Well, okay, so you might not know this, but at five years old, my mother dropped me off on a street corner. Uh, the police found me. I ended up in foster homes. Some of the Australians had uh, religion, some didn't. Some threw me through the wall, some didn't. And you know, nine different elementary schools. It's debatable I turned out okay. And so I'm certainly, that's a big part of my DNA and then, or my experiences. And then obviously I, uh, in high school, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL after wanting to be a pilot after that Top Gun movie. <laughs> I, I, had a, I took karate in high school. I think you took karate as well. Yes. And, and my, my sensei said, uh, he was a Green Beret in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And he said that if you become a pilot and they take your plane away, you're no good. But if you become a Green Beret, you are a weapon. Mm. And being like a typical American boy with the girls and the motorcycles sure. and the airplanes, I was like, nah, I still want to fly. And then one day there was a magazine called Gung Ho. Huh. And I, it was a 20-page spread on Navy SEALs. It said toughest men alive. It said you got a better chance of being president of the United States. It said oh. one class graduated zero. So I took this magazine to my sensei and I said, what about these guys? And he said, they're a bunch of crazy mother. <laughs> and by the way, you're too small. You can never make it. And maybe that's the psychology I needed. Whenever I'm mentoring a young person or not so young person, I say, don't let the world put limits on you and don't put limits on yourself. We can all do more than we think and you just gotta believe in yourself. And especially when you work as a team. So carrying that philosophy into the SEAL training and into breaking my neck and into starting a business, that's just, you know, me, I, that's who I am. So you talk about doing more than you think and one person can make a difference. Uh, what is that leads you today to uh, servicing on a, I think maybe even a bigger scale or on a public scale? Well, when I broke my neck, I certainly believe that God gave me a second chance. You know, I've got everybody telling me that I'm not gonna make it through the night. My surgeon calls me Mr. 1% and always looks at the heavens because through what he learned in medical school, I shouldn't be walking. So I, I feel like I'm very blessed and it's in my nature to serve. And I have an opportunity to serve now. I'm running for House of Delegates in Virginia State um, District 56. And there are six of us running, and I'm the only frogman. But I would, uh, I would love to try to help our community improve. I think the goal of any good leader is to lead their people to a better place, not a worse place. 
and the things that we talked about in business, listening to people, um, you know, weighing the decisions, being a critical thinker, as opposed to me being uh, arrogant or thinking I have all the answers, will help us make better decisions. Well, I mean, clearly you do have some insights, you know, being in business for 19 years, and I'd argue you have five different businesses. Uh, you have some, you know, different things going on, all very positive and doing really well. Um, what is it uh, in business you think that needs to change and, and that you can make a positive impact on? Because I think that's a, an area of concern for, for myself as a small business and I guess 95 plus percent of the country because we, we're built on small business as Americans. Well, we don't have time to discuss all the things that I have in my mind about business, but let me go over my five and then they'll help you understand. So in my business, I started out with physical fitness classes. Men and women, 15 year olds to 84 year olds in the same class. That has expanded to several cities, and that was the base of my company. Then one day, a high school football coach said, can you help us, and they want a state championship. Then it turned into me training college football, basketball teams all over the country. And it's a lot of fun, and again, we're a small part, but we help build chemistry and mental toughness. Then one day, a corporate team called us up, and we started training some very large companies. One CEO just called me up and said they had the most profitable, profitable quarter in the history of their company. And again, it, that, that just makes you want to get up in the morning knowing that you're making a difference. We work with inner city kids as well, and when one of them ends up going to school and college calling you up, that just makes your day. So in business, there's a lot of regulations. I'm in several cities, and I need to hire a person just to understand the regulations. And I know as a business owner, I may be a small business, but I know if we could reduce some of the taxes that I'm paying, if we could reduce some of the regulations I'm paying, I would hire more people. And I'm a small company. I agree. Imagine if a larger company were to hire more people. What that would do is it would lower unemployment, and that would lower crime, and that would probably bring more money into the community, which would mean the community would be more successful, and you would create more taxpayers, and you'd have a more successful community, which I think, like I said, the goal of a good leader is to improve, not bring down. You mentioned t mental toughness a couple of times, and I think uh, as we get older, and in order to survive those things, you, you have to be a little bit more mentally tough. Uh, how can somebody, well, young or old, acquire more mental toughness? So you want to know how we would approach that? There are yeah. several ways to approach it, but simply two things. One is in order to be tough, you have to do tough stuff. Make sense? Yeah. Like if you start to play the guitar, your fingers hurt. You build up calluses, your fingers don't hurt. So it's tough, but your body adapts. Same thing with your brain. If you want to be able to do 14-hour days, you have to build up to 14-hour days. So it's about doing tough stuff, but it's also a choice. When you get it to an intersection, you have a choice. Go left, go right, go forward, or stop. And I'll give you an example. When I was training a team, one of the things I have them do is I take a boat, fill it with water, I put a 1,000 pounds of ice on it. And then the players have to go through this and up three times to come out the other end in 10 seconds. Some of the players look like they have tears in their eyes and they go, coach, I'll clean your car, I'll clean your house, but I can't do that. Oh my goodness. But we motivate them and tell them we're not leaving them, we're a team, and somehow we coax them into doing it. And when they do it, they come up to me and say, Stretch McGuire, that was not as bad as I thought. Wow. And I tell them that most things in life that hold us back are not as bad as we think. So experience, choice, and doing tough stuff, exposing yourself to new things. If you do what you always did, you get what you always got. Probably not the best grammar, but you get it. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, uh, I know we're, you're, you're real busy and we're getting short on time, so I'm, we're going to go ahead and um, go into the speed round. And uh, just love to get what's the, your first thought in your head there. 
Um, what is the person you uh, admire the most? My wife. Awesome. Wow. She's just amazing. She is a, a great mother. She's a great wife. She's one of our instructors at the program, and she's a role model for men and women. She went from zero to 21 pull-ups. Now, pull-ups is a small measure of what she's capable of, but most men can't do 10. And she's there for me during my low points and my high points. When I broke my neck, she said, whether you ever move your arms and legs again, I will never leave you. That's, That's awesome. pretty powerful. And yeah. she's my favorite artist, and I'll probably get in trouble if I don't say this. She's my favorite real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so what's your favorite exercise? Push-ups. Push-ups, why? I don't know. It's uh, Maybe I did so many in SEAL training. I sometimes <laughs> joke that my company is a push-up company because I try to explain it's a fitness company. But sometimes when you say push-up company, they get a different picture. Yeah. I like push-ups. Yeah. What's your favorite song to work out to? Well, we usually, uh, the song is people counting our exercises in the class. So here's how it goes. We'll do a four-count exercise. So, so it'll go like this. We'll go one, two, three. Keep your head up. Look to your left and right. Keep an eye on your buddy. So sometimes people run races, yeah. like marathons, and they say, you hear me in their head while they're running. <laughs> That's cool. You know, telling them not to quit and to be positive. Awesome. Um, and then lastly, what is your favorite SEAL story that you can tell? <laughs> Gosh, that's a hit. That You got me a hit there. Yeah. Um, it'd be long, so how do I give you a short one? Yeah. But I'll give you a small part of a mission. So one time we put on our wetsuits, camouflage, all of our gear, and we're headed somewhere in the world and lightning and crazy sea state. And we have standards that if the sea state is a certain height, you're, it's not safe to parachute. So after being in an airplane for a couple of hours, the jump master and everybody said, we gotta head back. But you got a bunch of angry seals that are hot and sweaty and just wanna go. So we basically said, we're gonna go. So the ramp opens, we jump, it's raining sideways, and we jump out of the airplane. Uh, something called static line and it's where you hook to a rope and when you exit the aircraft it pulls your parachute out and then you parachute down. When you get close to the water, you undo your chest strap and when you get close to the water about 20 feet, you undo your leg straps, you slide out of your parachute into the water, parachute goes away and then you swim and put the boats together. That's the way it's supposed to go. So it's dark, it's at night. I think I'm about 20 feet above the water. So I'm getting ready to undo my uh, leg straps and it looks like the water drops like 30 feet. Goodness. So I don't want to pull too high or it's like hitting concrete. Oh. So it's like a good thing I didn't pull. So it's a little bit intense. And all of a sudden the water dropped. I look to my left and I see this wall hit me. And it's a wave, oh. a huge wave. And it takes me down. And now I've got tension on my parachute and I can't get my leg straps. So I'm fighting with the leg straps and I'm getting pulled under. And I don't know how far I'm going, but somehow I get one loose and then I get the other one loose and now I'm free of my parachute. Something You could potentially get tangled up in your parachute and die. But I'm clear of the parachute and now I gotta head up. And how do you find your way up? Bubbles. Bubbles. Oh, Bubbles. You gotcha. follow. So, so I'm following. Again, that's a simple technique everybody knows about, but maybe, oh, maybe yeah. everybody knows. So you're swimming to the surface and you're like, you know, and I think that I was a little above average when I hold my breath, I think. I thought I was never gonna get to the oh. surface. And I gave it all I got, and I thought I didn't have any more, and somehow I get to the surface and I go, <gasps> I got hit again. But I got a little bit of air, and then I made it way over to the boat. And that's just the beginning of a crazy, epic story of amazing men that I worked with. That was quite an honor. But that little piece was the beginning of a mission that, I'm a motivational speaker, so I'll go around the country telling some of these stories, but that's just a small part. But you ever somehow get through something you thought you were gonna die? Just that first part was, was like that. 
What's, what do you think is the most important tool you have other than your weapon? No, your brain, right? Oh, wow, your brain. Well, yeah. it's your brain, but yeah. your team. It's yeah. really your brain. It's really your team. You know, I, Like I said, I don't think I was better than any SEAL on my team. I learned so much from those guys. They're just, uh, you know, I look up to the, the guys. Uh, and what, uh, since this is a success sequence, what do you think are your three guiding success principles um, in or out of business? Be genuine. And life is too short to not have fun. And uh, nobody has ever done anything great alone. So team, so I, I naturally gravitate towards anyone. I don't care, you know, what your background is. You know, you and I can do great things together. And that's my attitude. Awesome. All right. Well, um, before I ask you to um, uh, get the uh, give you the final question, um, I want to acknowledge you for all the service you do, all the the jobs you provide, all the health and fitness. Because I think if if everybody, what I call grind a little harder, um, we, we'd be less upset in the world, we'd uh, be a little bit kinder to each other and all the service that you continue to do for um, our prior servicemen and women, whether it's with the War Memorial or just around Richmond and around the world. Really appreciate all you've done in the past. Appreciate it. Yep. And then with that, are you on social media? Uh, where can folks connect with you? So we have a couple of ways to find me on social media. On Inst Let's talk about Instagram. On Instagram, it's just SEAL Team PT. Okay. Remember the PT stands for physical training, not part-time. <laughs> yes. So SEAL Team PT, that's also our Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, SEAL Team PT. Um, on Facebook, we have a fan page. It's SEAL Team PT Fans, with an S, plural. So SEAL Team PT Fans. Awesome. And we have a website, which is SEALTeamPT.com. Awesome, I'll make sure we link that up for you. Appreciate it. And last question is, what is your definition of success? What is my definition of success? I'm picking, figuring this out on the fly, but let's see what I got. I don't know that you are a productive member of society. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to live on earth and just be a guy that lived. I'd like to leave the earth better than I found it. So I go work with inner city kids and my wife is a mentor. She says, you know, if you reach just one child, it's worth it. You know, so I just want to help communities, help teams, help people improve. Awesome. Thanks, John. I appreciate okay. your time. Oh, you're very welcome. We got one thing we got to do. On three, I want you to yell hoo yeah. Okay. I'm going to count to three. We're both oh, going to say hoo yeah. So on three, hoo yeah. One, two, three. Hoo yeah. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So that was former Navy SEAL John McGuire. I learned so much from him, and he was such an immense a presence to be around. And uh, you just, you know, felt. Um, both more patriotic and sense of duty, and he's just a class act guy. And if you really enjoyed this, uh, please share it with those who could find use out of it. And I think this one goes well beyond just entrepreneurs. I think this is applicable to anyone. So please email this to those that could use it. Uh, please share it on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and all the social media outlets there. Please do that. Also, would love to get some feedback on iTunes if you're listening to it on there. Um, rate it, star it, and uh, love to hear from you what you got out of it as well as uh, post this on social media and, and tag me and uh, John where you are, what are you doing when you're listening to this, okay? So, uh, with that, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Until then, be successful and stay social. Mm -hmm.